Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. We're reading out of Joshua 10, but before I get there, I want to frame the story just a bit. Okay, we are on a battlefield. Why does love always feel... Uh, Jordan Sparks, she's great. Love you, Jordan. I know you're watching. Uh, so we, we've got this battlefield, and this battle is raging. It is a grueling battle, and can I be real for a second? It's not pretty. It's not looking good for the people of God. It's not looking good for Israel. They are fighting against some of their most ferocious enemies, the Amorites, and it is gruesome. It's ugly, and it's not going well. Have you ever felt like you've been on the losing side of a battle? Because that's where we go here. They're, they're barely holding on. And Joshua is leading them at this point. And Joshua sees this isn't going so well. You know, it's not all rainbows and sunshine when you're serving God. Sometimes you get into a fight of your life and you aren't sure how you're going to make it through. Like, I hope that you get the sense of how real we're trying to be in church tonight. Serving Jesus doesn't mean everything's easy. Ask Jesus, because he went to the cross. Following Jesus usually means following him into the fire, through the fire, and with him in the fire. And yet, It's better to be with Jesus in the fire than without him anywhere else. I'd rather be with Jesus out in the storm than in the comfort of anywhere else. So, you know, like you have to get perspective here, but they're going through it in this battle. It's ugly. And then Joshua, out of this posture of realizing we might lose this, this might be it. He stands up and he prays this prayer to God that causes one of the most miraculous events in history. Turn with me to Joshua 10, verse 12. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. It says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord on that day when the Lord had handed over the Amorites to the sons of Israel. And Joshua said in the sight of Israel, he said, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. What what kind of prayer is this? He literally stands up and he says, Hey! Hey! You stop right there. Sounded like a Puerto Rican mama talking to their kids. (laughs) Hey, don't you move. (laughs) But he's praying to the sun. He says, God, stop that sun. He's not praying to the sun. He's praying to God about the sun. (laughs) And he says, hey, stand still. Hey, hey, and moon, don't you move either. Let's continue. Verse 13. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation of Israel took vengeance upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jeshar, a historical book? So the sun stood still in the middle of the sky and was in no hurry to go down for about a whole day. And on this day, where overnight, we went through our own little time warp, I couldn't help myself but to preach to you a message about when time stopped, when time warped when the laws of physics and gravity and science all bent in the direction of a prayer of faith. So today, the title of this message, quite fittingly for the day we're living today, is Fall Back. Fall Back. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that your love is uncomplicated. 
thank you that in your presence there's fullness of joy and thank you that today we get to receive your word speak to us our hearts are open and ready whether we're in the room or watching online we cannot wait to receive what you have for us in jesus name everybody said amen all right i need to invite you to geek out with me for just a bit everyone ready to geek out raise your hand for just a second all right we're gonna geek out i'm a bit of a geek um, and i love like really interesting facts and data so i was really looking into this story because it, it is incredible to imagine like based on what this scripture says the, the sun stood still in the middle of the sky and was in no hurry to go down for about a whole day like astronomically this is one of the most significant miracles like i think another major uh physical miracle is when god parted the red sea like that defies all laws of of logic and science and yet here the sun stopped in the sky like this is significant and so i was delving into a lot of the research about this event and researchers think they have found the actual moment in history that this occurred because they were cross-referencing with egyptian calendars which you probably know that the Egyptians were very much concerned with astronomical issues and recorded very clearly and specifically when certain celestial events happen. And they find based on the rain between two pharaohs and the time when the Israelites would have been conquesting Canaan, they found a moment where there was an annular eclipse, which is when the moon and the sun align and it's that kind of blood ring of fire and it just, it's not bright, it's not dark, it just stays really astronomical event and the the Egyptians recorded this and they found it to be October 30th the year 1207 which is this weekend friends <laughs> doesn't that give you like the church goosebumps a little bit just a little bit I was like oh I have to preach this now <laughs> it's like right here 3,227 years ago, the Egyptians record an event that the sun hung in the sky and the moon did not move and they couldn't explain it this wild event and on this day the people of israel are battling and and joshua prays this prayer i just think it's too coincidental that not only that happened this weekend but also in our world our little microcosm of a time warp last night magically while you were asleep or at least hopefully you were asleep while you were asleep suddenly an extra hour appeared in your life is that not wild to anyone like, I, it's, it's indistinguishable from magic to me that you are living in a 25-hour day right here, right now. <laughs> like, that, that is wild to me. People who worked the night shift last night worked an extra hour that's not accounted for. Have you ever thought about that? I remember one time my wife worked at a job where she worked the night shift and she, she was supposed to leave and at a certain time and the clock just rolled back and, well, I'm not leaving because I have another hour here. <laughs> craziness craziness that we are living in a 25 hour day and you always talk about you know life being 24 7 what happens when it's 25 7 I, I just mystified like this or on those leap years where it's suddenly 366 days a year what happens when the rules are broken what happens when things are different than you expect? And when we look at this story, it seems so triumphant from Joshua's perspective. He stands up and he says, sun, stand still, moon, don't move. And this battle's raging on. And I could teach a whole sermon from Joshua's perspective and the faith it requires to look at celestial bodies and pray and command that they stand still. But I'm actually not going that route today. That's a very triumphant sermon. I could probably have us doing laps around this room if I preach 
preached it, but I need to go a different direction because the spirit would not relent in the angle I want to take today. I want you to leave Joshua alone up there on that hill, ignore his perspective for a bit, and I want you to go with me down onto the battlefield from the perspective of a soldier, someone down there who's fighting, completely ignorant to the big picture, not aware of what Joshua's praying, not aware of what God is doing, just head down, sword in hand, shield in hand, fighting. And it is grueling. This is not modern warfare. This is ancient warfare. No, no guns here, no machinery, just the physical strength in your body and the sword in your hand and swinging that sword and just an endless sea of Amorites in front of you. And you're very aware that you're losing this battle. Please go here with me as a soldier on this field. You're very aware because if Joshua can see it from his perspective at the back of the battlefield, you better believe the guys on the front line know they're losing. They're very aware that this isn't going well. And they're fighting and fighting. And in ancient warfare, you fight during the day. It's just impossible at night. It's not like they had lights or ways to do this. And so the rules of war were engaged in daytime. And so you're exhausted. And as a soldier, you're thinking, man, if we can just get through this horrible day, at least we'll have a break because this battle seems long. All right, judging by what I see on the sun right now, it's noon. So we just have a few more hours of holding. We have a few more hours. Okay. Certainly it's been about three hours. It's still noon. What? Okay, let's keep fighting. Let's keep fighting. All right, I lost a friend. I lost another friend. The line is being pushed back. We're not making it, but certainly the break is coming soon. It's still noon. From the soldier's perspective, this didn't look or feel like a miracle. It felt like a battle that just would never end. A 25-hour day from hell, even though it was a 25-hour blessing from heaven. It felt like they were stuck in a cycle of difficulty and pain, and they could not see the end of it. Am I preaching to anyone today who feels like you're living in a never-ending battle? I remember... You know, we have a lot of battles going on right now. Of course, the main cultural social battle, you know, the, when the pandemic hit, I've never been more wrong about anything in my life is when I told my wife, babe, this is going to be two weeks, so let's just get some groceries. Let's just hold on, and it'll be about two weeks. <laughs> I was so wrong. I was so wrong. And now there's times I'm like, well, it's never going to end. This is just... This is it. This is life now. I do believe that God is going to bring an absolute breakthrough for his people. I believe that there is going to be a turnaround, that coronavirus will bow to the name of Jesus, that, that the pandemic will bow to the name of Jesus, that the social unrest will be triumphed over with peace and with unity. I believe in all of those things, but I've also given up my timeline. I've said, all right, we're clearly in a 25-hour day. That, that's, <laughs> it's not changing. It's not moving until, until it happens. We're just going to continue to believe. Uh, but I want to encourage you that when you're living in that battle that seems never-ending, let me move past the, the easiest topic of discussion, our, our corporate battle. I know that in your lives as well, there are many, many other battles I've, I've had people, I've been talking a lot to a lot of people this year, and they've said, the pandemic is the easiest thing I'm facing right now, because there are some 
horrible things going on in my marriage, in my family, in my life. And, 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 and wearing a mask or having a shutdown, or the, that's the easiest external stuff because my heart is going through serious pain. And if that's you today, and it feels like it's just prolonged, I want to delve into and I want you to identify with these soldiers on this battlefield, but there is one main perspective I need you to catch today. And it's from this story, while these soldiers are down here and that sun is standing still. God isn't prolonging your battle. He's giving more time for your victory. That's, that's deep stuff right there. I hope you can catch it. God is not prolonging your battle. He's giving more time for your victory. I want you to identify with that soldier and think, God, what is happening? Why isn't that sun moving? Can't it, you, can't it just be over? Can't this day just end? Can't this battle just stop? And God is prolonging and prolonging and prolonging. And if you are not careful, you can allow the prolonging of your situation to cause you to question the character of God and think, what are you doing up there? Why are you letting me stay in this so long? And you can start to doubt if he loves you or if he's on your side. When in fact, the very reason he's prolonging longing the day, adding hours to the clock is not to punish you, but to give you more time to bring the victory out of you that he has promised you. He's adding time to the clock because he sees that the winning team is not in the lead yet. So he's bending the rules. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to let this day end with my people losing. So let's just hold it in the sky. Because if the buzzer goes off right now, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. The story can't end here. The sun cannot set on this battle as it stands right now. And if you're going through a battle today and it just feels like it's never ended, I believe that God put breath in your lungs today, gave you another day so that you can step forward toward that victory. I know when you're in the depths of that battle, that feeling, and perhaps you're in the room or watching at home today and I'm speaking right to you, when you wake up in the morning, that depressive weight when it hits you that you have woken up into another day of whatever your battle is. If that's you today, I'm speaking right to you. If you wake up and heaviness hits you, if you wake up and you don't know how you're gonna move your feet to that floor, if you don't have a sense or a hope today of what your life is, I wanna speak to you. You have been given another day for the purpose of victory not defeat. God is prolonging the days so that you can move forward, not backward. And if these soldiers had the wrong perspective, they could think that they were living hell. But in fact, what was happening is that God was holding the circumstance so heaven could erupt from within them. That victory was being worked out and God is holding the rules so that something can happen. And so if that's you, I'm gonna talk about a lot of things you need to do today, but first and foremost, get a perspective of God's role in your life. If you've got a day to live, it's because there's purpose in it. I, I don't care if it's heavy, I don't care if it's hard, that's what these soldiers were fighting, it's worth it. And what we need is a really unpopular word, endurance. We need endurance. Here's what so often we think we need more strength. I, that's me. I think, well, if this is tough, I just need to be stronger. Like, seriously, how much more strength 
do you think that you need when the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Like there is no more strength. You can't just get stronger than the strongest power there is. The Bible says it's that dunamis, that dynamite power at work in us beyond all we could ask or think or imagine according to the power that's at work in us. You already have all the strength you need and so often we just try to go like super saiyan mode and get even stronger when in reality all the strength is available, what you need is endurance. Giving you strength was God's job. Bringing out endurance is your job. You've got the strength. God gave you the strength. The endurance is your decision. And we need endurance. The ability to apply the strength God has given us in a consistent fashion for the duration of the battle. I don't know if anyone, we've got any runners in here. There's a big difference between a sprint and a marathon. (laughs) A sprint is just about pure strength. Like, let me just give it all for 60 seconds. But a marathon, no, no, no. I have to evenly apply my strength for the duration of this battle. And so often, we, we spike, and then we drop, and then we spike, and then we drop in, in our strength and then our weakness. What if we changed our perspective and say, hey, I'm going to, instead of trying to be perfect, I'm going to try to be consistently steady. Every day, I'm going to do my daily disciplines. I'm going to get into that word. I'm going to pray. And it might not be the most glamorous thing in the world, but I have endurance. And I'm hitting a pace that I can sustain. We need endurance. And there's three things that endurance requires you to do. And if you are like me, pretty aggressive, all of these are going to be really hard for you. I'm preaching this message to myself as well. The first thing that endurance requires you to do is rest. Come on, Pastor Justin, rest. Like, why don't we talk about flex, right? Like, why don't we talk about leveling up? The first thing endurance requires you to do is rest. If you don't rest, you will quit. If you don't rest, you will quit. So you have to choose. I either rest or I quit. Learn to rest. So you don't quit. Learn to rest in three significant ways, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Jesus often, the Bible says, went to a lonely, quiet place. It says he went into the desert. He went into the wilderness. He went unto the mountaintop. And why was he doing that? To rest his soul. This was a regular habit, a constant habit. In fact, Right before some of his biggest battles were his biggest rests. Before he faced Satan himself, Jesus retreated for 40 days and 40 nights. It says the spirit led him into the wilderness. That word can be translated into the quiet place. The spirit led him there to then be tempted by the devil. And sometimes you might think like, man, after 40 days and 40 nights of rest and prayer and fasting, why then does the devil come when Jesus is the weakest? I don't believe that this was some plan of the devil. It was a setup of the spirit. And the spirit knew, I'm going to give you 40 days of rest and prayer and fasting and then bring in this moment of battle because after that rest, Jesus was the strongest he'd ever been, not the weakest he'd ever been. When he faced the devil himself, it's because he had rested up and restored his soul, clinging to the very word of God. And yes, he might have been physically weak, but his spirit was as refreshed as it had ever been. And that's when the battle was won. 
We've got to learn to rest. And let me challenge you with this. If you're like me, kind of just all about going and going and going. If Jesus Christ, the Messiah, needed rest, don't you? Or are you, you're better than Jesus. You're stronger than Jesus. Because he did it weekly, sometimes multiple times a week. In fact, the level of his rest was directly correlated to the level of his output. So you, you're trying to be stronger than Jesus? You think you got more in you than Jesus? Or should we follow his lead? Should we live his life? Because following Jesus isn't about just doing what he says. It's about doing what he did. He didn't have to get up and preach a whole sermon about learn to rest. He just did it and said, hey, follow me. Why do we heed the words of Jesus but never the lifestyle of Jesus? Just because he didn't say go to your quiet place doesn't mean we should ignore it. Because time and time again in scripture, he did it. And let me bring this into the very much practical. When in the last seven days have you retreated to spend time in the presence of God? And has it been profound enough to bring a marked difference in your soul? When in the last seven days have you rested in God enough that it caused something marked in you? If you can't answer that, here you have some room to grow. If you're like, man, the last time I rested was last year. <laughs> Let's change that, man. Because I'm preaching to you today about endurance. And if you have been living the pace of a sprint, I, I'm concerned about you because I've lived that pace before and you will pull an emotional muscle very soon if you're not careful. Burnout does not have to be part of your story, but the best way to stop burnout is to prevent burnout. You have to make a decision now. I might have to slow the pace down a bit and learn to rest. And you know why it's so hard for us to slow the pace down a bit? Because we believe that results are the most important thing in our life. We're convinced that I have to produce, produce, produce. But Jesus was not concerned with production. He was concerned with the relationship he shared with his father. And anything that comes out of that is a byproduct. That's why he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. In me, you'll bear much fruit. But you know what fruit is not? Results. <laughs> you can't just say, come on, fruit, grow. <laughs> Push harder. No, Jesus says, hey, just remain in me and you'll bear fruit. And, and it's hard for us to rest when we're comparing ourselves to other people. And we think, oh, I have to be like them and I have to push like them. But if we are not acknowledging our limited nature, we are not giving room for God's unlimited power in our life. If we think we are invincible and unstoppable and limitless, when are we ever going to call on the strength of God? Sometimes the most powerful ways he's going to move in your life is when you realize and say, God, I can't, but you can. God, I have to rest. I have to pull back, but I'm asking you to step in. It's in fact, in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. I don't mean to step on a toe today, but maybe you've been too strong. Because in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. You've got to rest. You've got to retreat. You've got to retreat and rest for your spirit. Also, your soul. 
your mind, your will, your emotions. We're going through a lot right now, friends, and if you are not talking out what you're feeling and facing, if you are not processing, you are asking for some issues in your soul. We need to be regularly talking to our inner circle, sharing our feelings, getting through what we're facing. Like, if, we, if, if this isn't the time to talk, when is? Right, like, you just, you're just some kind of emotional, stalwart person that is just impervious to the issues of life? No, we are feeling, thinking, uh, emotional beings. We need to learn how to rest our emotions, talk to the people that we love. Counseling is essential. If that's you that I described earlier and you wake up and feel that heaviness, yes, pray about it. And yes, we'll pray with you, but also talk to someone about it. Like if you're like, hey, I feel depression. Hey, I feel anxiety. Talk to someone about it. I fundamentally believe counseling is for healthy people. Staying quiet is for crazy people. Counseling is for healthy people because they care more about the victory than they do about their own image. They care more about winning the battle than looking good in the battle. They care more about what's actually happening than what appears to be happening. Reach out and talk to somebody, maybe professionally, and then also relationally. This is something that I'm really feeling strongly about. You need people praying for you and supporting you. And if we don't take the step of vulnerability to ask for help and to reach out to the people around us, then we're missing the chance to build up our endurance. So the first thing that endurance requires you to do is rest, but also the next thing is ask for help. You cannot win alone. You cannot win a battle like this alone. What if all of Israel said, all right, let's just, one guy, you face the Amorites not going to work that way. It worked when Goliath was the enemy, but it doesn't work with a sea of Amorites. It requires all of us to hold the line. We've got to work together and you've got to learn to ask for help. You've got to learn to ask for input. You've got to learn to ask for prayer. This is one of the simplest benchmarks of if you are living a life of vulnerability. Do the people who are closest to you know right now what they should strategically and purposefully be praying for, for you. If you give me your phone and give me your top five people and I said, and I called and I said, hey, you know, uh, I'm calling for, uh, on behalf of Kim, what is it that she needs the most prayer for right now? Can your spouse answer that question? Can your friends answer that question? If they can't, it's not their fault. That's yours. You need to ask for help to be able to go to your spouse and say, hey, this is what I'm facing right now. I'm feeling discouraged professionally and I'm scared for what could happen in our family and I'm trying to be a person of faith, but it's just, it weighs on me. So pray with me that I can face life with a spiritual perspective, not just a a physical one. Can you pray for me for that? You know how much backup that's gonna bring into your life? Go to your friends, go to some leaders here at City of Life, go to your social group leader. And you know, every time in social groups when we talk, at the end we're like, hey, let's gather prayer requests. And anyone have any prayer requests? And everyone's like, huh. I'm usually like, I got 10, you got time? Because I want help. You know why I want help? Because I actually want to win. People who care about victory do not have a problem inviting others into the process of victory. Because I'm not trying to win for me. I'm trying to win overall. And that requires teamwork and a team effort. Learn to ask for help. So another practical question. When in the last seven days have you asked someone for help? do, Do your inner circle know what to pray for for you? 
And then finally, the last thing that endurance requires you to do, just keep fighting. Just keep swinging that sword. And some days it's going to cost you a way, way more than it does others. Some days it feels heavy. Some days everything in you aches. But when you've done all you know to do, stand, fight, keep going. In your marriage, when it just feels like it's over, keep speaking that life. Keep being the spouse you vowed to be regardless of what is happening around you. You keep fighting. If the battle looks like it's losing and ending, you think the soldiers just say, all right, forget it. No, they say, if I'm going down, I'm going down fighting. If your finances and the debt is closing in and it's like every dollar you throw to it, it just doesn't even seem to change anything and it feels like it's all encroaching upon you, keep doing what you know to do. Keep standing. If your child is not serving God and you see their choices getting darker and darker, don't give up that fight. You keep fighting. You keep believing because you don't need more strength. You need more endurance. You don't need to be stronger. You need to simply get within you that endurance. I remember one time someone was talking to us about parenting and they said, you don't need to be stronger than your kid. You just need to be stronger longer than your kid. Because my kid is strong, guys. Whew. He will, he's going to be, he's going to be like the head of the UN one day because this man can negotiate. He's like, can I have a snack? I was like, no, no more snacks. He's like, what about two snacks? Uh, no, no more snacks. Okay. Daddy, what if you get a snack? Me? Uh, okay. Daddy, can you share your snack with me? Malachi. <laughs> Like he's an expert negotiator. You don't need to be stronger. You need to be stronger longer. That's it. That's what it takes to win a battle is to be stronger longer. And what I want to remind you of is that God is bending the rules in your favor. He's prolonging the battle because what if it ended today? The story wouldn't make sense, right? Because we've been praying, God, make it stop. And he says, no way I'm going to let it stop right now. If we say, God, get me out of the battle today. If he did that today, the enemy would have won. And he said, no, no, I'm not letting it stop. I'm going to let that thing rage on until the victory is on your side. I'm going to let that thing burn until the victory has been won. And maybe we've been praying all the wrong prayers saying, God, let it stop. And he's saying, I'm not going to stop until you have the victory. Why? Because the victory is promised. Do you know where they were fighting and who they were fighting? They were fighting in their promised land. The ground they were fighting on belonged to them already. It wasn't in the balance. It wasn't maybe it's theirs. Maybe this will work out. No, no. This land has already been walked and promised. And this enemy was trying to take the ground that God had already promised his people. And so he said, no, no. I'm not going to let the battle end until you have claimed the land that I have already given you. And the enemy would love nothing more than to cause you to give up the land that you've already been promised, to make you believe that, okay, well, this far is far enough. No, that land is mine too. This is my turf. My family belongs to God. My marriage belongs to God. These finances belong to God. This dream is a promised land, and I will not stop. That sun will not set until the promise is fulfilled, and that's where our endurance comes from. You don't need more power, you need more endurance. 
And my prayer is that today, this is like a shot of adrenaline in your soul. I don't know how long your battle will be, but let me tell you when your battle will end, when you have the victory. Because when God sees the victory completely fulfilled, then he'll say, now sun, you can set. Now moon, you can rise. Now the book can close. But God will not allow anything to conclude until he has seen the fulfillment of your promise. That's why Paul says in Galatians, don't grow weary in well-doing because in due time, you'll reap a harvest. Can you force a harvest? No. Can you say, come on harvest, come out of that ground, come on, let's go. It doesn't work that way. The harvest is God's responsibility. Your weariness is your responsibility. Manage that weariness, care for that weariness, refresh yourself so that you don't grow weary. Because if you don't grow weary, you'll reap that harvest. If you don't quit, you'll win. 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 So church, do not quit. Don't quit in your family. Don't quit in your dreams. Don't quit in your faith because the fight is fixed. We've got the victory. The sun will stand still until reality matches the promise. And if you've been thinking of quitting today, don't you quit because the battle belongs to God. Come on, someone give God some praise today. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.